Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Welcome. Yes, welcome on this wonderful day. Yes. Is it raining outside yet? Haven't seen rain. I've still seen snow. I'll take snow over rain any day. I will too. Snow, rain turns to ice. I, yeah, you know, so. we've seen so many ice-related falls this year. Really? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I wonder what the cost. I've thought about that uh, earlier, talking to somebody who just fell a couple of days ago and then almost fell again. Um, and for this gentleman, it would have been his like fourth concussion in twelve months. Oh and my. just think, like the cost of ice. Yes. I mean, not that we can really do much about it, I guess. But wow. you know. Ice up on the steps, icing up on the, uh, the sidewalks, pavement. So be careful. We don't go anywhere without traction on our shoes. There you go. Good. <laughs> Good. Even when it's dry, we're still wearing them just yeah. in case. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining me again today, Christy. Glad to be here. Christy is a certified laser tech. She's done laser treatments for years. And I am a certified medical laser safety officer and chiropractor. My name is Jason Roundtree. I'm the host of Healing at the Speed of Light podcast, and I'm also the founder of Laser Therapy Institute. Laser Therapy Institute is a membership organization of laser therapy professionals uh, nationwide. You can get on our website and find a laser therapy provider near mm-hmm. you, yeah. lasertherapyinstitute.org. There's a tab there that says clinics. You'll be able to find a laser clinic near you hopefully get very good care if you're looking at laser therapy for a painful issue and of course when we say laser therapy which the newer term is photobiomodulation but we like to still say laser therapy for now so say that five times fast yeah it's a little bit easier to roll <laughs> off the tongue with laser therapy but we're essentially we're talking about the same process using light to affect the biology of the body in a right. safe natural way that stimulates the healing process so not an ablative surgical laser process uh, and, and not superheating the tissues. Sometimes there is some warmth involved, whether you're looking at you know uh, large quantities of LED pads or a high-intensity laser, which most of our clinics use, all of our clinics at LTI use. Mm-hmm. Um, but that light, special infrared light, stimulates the body's natural ability to heal and recover from injury and inflammation. Right. So that's what we're talking about here today. And today we're talking about uh, low back pain. We've talked about low back pain quite a bit, but this time a specific kind of low back pain. So um, have you ever heard of back mice? No, I have not. <laughs> it sounds like an infestation. It sounds like it? little creepy crawly in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a funny term. It's not really the official medical term, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the most common term to describe one of the causes of kind of mysterious back pain. And okay. uh, so we're going to explore the term back mice today and what it might have to do for patients who are suffering with back pain, especially back pain that's been resistant to uh, other types of care. Um, it's a pretty interesting topic. I've seen several of these cases myself uh, with, with good results. Um, and if you're wondering, if you have back pain and you're wondering why certain things might not have worked for you before when they worked maybe for friends or family, this might be a good episode to listen to because this does explore one particular type of back pain, how to get it diagnosed, and different treatment options for it. Okay. But yeah, back Sounds mice. exciting. So the title of this yeah. study that we're looking at today is kind of funny. It's uh, The title is, The Best Laid Plans of Back Mice 
and men a case report and literature review of episacroiliac lipoma now if that doesn't get your attention i know <laughs> i don't know what will yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty funny it got my attention for sure this was published in 2016 in uh the pain physician journal and I was really interested because I know what an episacral or an episacral iliac lipoma is, but I had not really heard this term back mice before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I saw this, I thought, I, we, we really should do an episode on this to bring this more to light. But also, it turns out laser therapy is a good solution for this. So before I get too carried away with that and, and okay. we talk about it, um, let's talk about what it is. It's not an infestation. It's not <laughs> a, uh, a a creepy crawly. It's not an actual mouse in your back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know low back pain is something that a lot of people will suffer. Yes. Uh, most people will deal with it at some point mm-hmm. uh, in their lifespan. This particular study says that low back pain constitutes the highest cause of disability globally above mm-hmm. anything and everything else, above things like Parkinson's, above um, knee problems, hip, shoulder problems. Low back pain is the number one highest cause of people being disabled globally, not just in the U.S., wow. but across the globe. They estimate more than $100 billion yearly in medical expenses for people with low back pain. So $100 billion divided by 7-ish billion people, that's a lot of money that goes out every year in healthcare expenses for low back pain and low back pain cases. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's mind-boggling, really. Yeah. So. Well, we know that low back pain can be very complex, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have knee pain, a lot of times there's just three or four different things, really, that can be going on. And a lot of times there's a really good surgical or non-surgical procedure that can be done to resolve that pain mm-hmm. and get people back into action. But the spine is much more complex. You have so many different structures that can be affected. You have the disc, mm-hmm. the facet joint that allows for mobility in the back. You've got the spinal nerves, spinal cord. You've got the sacroiliac joints down mm-hmm. around belt line level. Right. You know, and those are really commonly painful. You've got hip and glute muscle problems. All of this can really combine into significant problems in the low back. And most of the time, it'll be one or two of these combined, sometimes three or four different issues combined that really create this pain picture when we're talking about lower back pain and if that doesn't get resolved or taken care of it can start manifesting in other areas of the body for the knees and for instance absolutely so it's it's kind of a core a crux area that needs to be addressed it is yeah if if you're if your low back isn't doing what it's supposed to do uh, something has to take up the the slack, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that is the knees, the hips, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes even further up in the back. The neck can mm-hmm. be uh, kind of co- um, uh, part of the compensatory process yeah. of trying to still function well despite the pain that's going on in the back. And yeah, if one thing starts to go, say the, a facet joint starts to get arthritic, that changes the way the facet joint on the other side of the spine works. You know, it does not move as well. So that can become arthritic. And if the facet joints aren't moving well, the disc a lot of times ends up becoming damaged in that process. And so there's just ongoing complex issues. And this is why a simple answer like a facet joint injection of of steroids um, or a, a laminectomy where they take out part of the bone to give the nerve more room. A lot of times these are very temporary or just partial solutions to back pain, not because surgeons are terrible at what they do that's not it at all it's that the back is just so complex that many things will have a failure rate higher 
uh, in the spine, whether it is surgery or um, physical therapy even, it's just a complex area to work with. Mm -hmm. So that's something to be aware of if you're dealing with back pain is that there are a lot of different things going on. It's not just one thing in most cases. And that's why imaging can be very important. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why diving straight into surgery oftentimes is not a good idea. Really being investigative and finding out what the problem is is important. Right. Right. So they recommend, um, the medical recommendations are that you break low back pain causes down into three really kind of broad categories. And that is nonspecific low back pain, low back pain associated with radiculopathy or spinal stenosis, and then back pain associated with another specific spinal cause. So these are very broad. Yeah. You know, one is nonspecific, one is specific, and then one is related to stenosis. And that's where the spine gets more narrow. Narrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Starts to choke off some of the nerves, and people will feel pain down in the legs from mm-hmm. that. So um, specific cause, non-specific cause, or that the spinal canal is narrowing and those nerves are getting pressure on them. Now, if you can't get it uh, kind of classified into one of those three, well, then that's not a good place to be. But even if you do get it classified, we're still looking at a really vague definition as to what's causing the pain. Yeah. Just seems hard to, to hone in on. Yeah. But it is. It is, actually. It is not an easy process, mm. um, especially because different cases even that are similar to each other on say an x-ray will look different in clinic people have Mm -hmm. different symptoms you know Mm -hmm. so just because your l4 disc may be herniated you may have very different symptoms than me with the exact same type of disc herniation uh, in the spine and so you 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 run into a lot of times it's just too hard to get to the bottom of this well it takes so many different types of tests to find it it can i mean an x-ray won't do it yeah you know it might take something more like an mri or or something and you're getting into more expense with all that that's a very good point that's a very good point and and this stuff is expensive really Mm -hmm. tracking down the cause of back pain and deciding what the primary pain generator is is expensive but then even if you track down and find out what the main pain generator is again there may be other things going on. And so you need to, and that's going to be kind of our first takeaway here Mm -hmm. from this study, is you need a healthcare detective. You need somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to be willing to order the right tests Mm -hmm. and take this seriously and really track down what this is instead of just going, oh, your back hurts? Well, let's do some some chiropractic adjusting or let's do some exercise or let's do an injection or more than that. Those could actually aggravate the problem. Correct, depending on what's going on. Yeah. So let's talk about one of these specific causes that we have here today because they say appropriate recognition of the treatable causes of back pain, even for just a small number of cases, has the potential to ensure patients avoid a delay or inappropriate diagnosis and consequently receive timely treatment. So if you can identify the real problem, you know, you're not going to be wasting time and money on the wrong treatments, you're not going to be wasting time and money on the wrong testing, and you're going to get better faster. So it makes sense, but again, this stuff is not easy. No. Uh, And when it comes to a primary care provider, in many cases they don't have the right tools or the right experience or education to really nail this down. And you need someone with that experience, with the willingness to put the work in, the legwork, to figure out what is the cause. Even if it's just a a working diagnosis, you know, just an idea. Okay, we think this is what's going on, let's try this and see how it responds. Because in actuality, there's a lot of times, even with all the MRIs and testing, you're still doing some guesswork there, but you need somebody who is willing to put in mm-hmm. the work to get the most 
concrete answer we can you can find. Right. So let's talk about back mice because it is back mice are a cause of this um, specific type of low back pain. They say that back mice are fatty tissue nodules in that sacroiliac region. So right across the kind of belt line there area mm -hmm. of the low back, which is again, a very common area to have low back pain. Mm -hmm. And they say these are palpable and freely movable nodules. So you, they're like little bumps that you can mm -hmm. feel uh, underneath the skin and they move around when you try and kind of push on them. Okay. Kind of mobile. So it's something someone could actually feel themselves. They mm -hmm. don't have to have someone say, oh, you've got, you know, this could be an issue. If they have low back pain, mm -hmm. they can actually feel around and then pursue care. Right. And that right there should trigger a little bit of awareness too. If you go and see a healthcare practitioner and they don't actually get hands on your back, mm -hmm. this is something that gets missed. Mm -hmm. Even if somebody gets hands on your back, if they're not thorough, Mm -hmm. it can still get missed. Okay. And so, you know, if, if you go see somebody and they take x-rays and they go, oh, yeah, you need you need surgery, maybe we dial that back a little bit. Maybe yeah. actually feel of what's going on in my back. Um, but, yes, a patient, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to, if you have pain across that sacroiliac area, across that kind of belt line level, start feeling around back there. What do you feel? Do you feel some of these little nodules maybe, potentially? Now, that's not a foolproof method, but maybe that gets you started on the idea that this could be a factor for you because these painful little nodules, they, they aren't painful necessarily until you put more pressure on them. So you might not even notice it until you start digging around back there a little bit. They might be tender, but in a lot of cases they're not until you really put some pressure on them. These are also called, you know, we already said back mice and we said episacroiliac lipomas. There's a bunch of other names too. Mm -hmm. They're also called an episacral lipoma, sacroiliac lipomata, subcutaneous fatty nodes, lumbar subcutaneous nodules, tender rheumatic nodules, <laughs> fibrositis nodule, fibrofatty nodule, multifidus triangle syndrome, and iliac crest pain syndrome. There's all kinds of names. All wow. of this really refers back though to back mice. It would just be so much simpler to say back mice. <laughs> it is. That's why that term is actually probably stuck around. Uh -huh. You know, um, it, it's just a little easier to keep track of. But they all really refer to the same problem. That is these these movable fatty tissue nodules that form right around that sacroiliac joint area. So we're gonna. The nice thing about this particular study is they give us a case study, and case studies are fun because it's someone's mm -hmm. actual. Um, you know, real issue, not just theoretical research. This is somebody right. who experiences. So right. in this case, they're talking about a 47-year-old woman with two years of persistent low back pain. Now, they had an exacerbation of pain, which means like a new episode. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of off and on okay. low back pain. But this at this point, it lasted two weeks by the time they came into this, this uh, MD's clinic. And uh, she described having an intermittent sharp pain localized to the bilateral low back area adjacent to the posterior superior iliac crest. And that's a little kind of nodule. You can feel bone back there right. if you feel back there. Mm -hmm. um, but this gal had pain that was right in that area. It did have some intermittent numbness with some muscle cramps in the back of the thighs too. So you might think start thinking radiating pain, and mm -hmm. this wasn't so much radiating pain as it was some weird nerve kind of symptoms okay. um, in the back of the thighs there. 
Pain triggers included twisting and walking while resting and lying down made things feel better. So the more twisting, rotating Mm -hmm. motions or or the more walking this gal would do, the more pain she would have. And this is kind of unusual in a a younger person, Mm -hmm. 47. Mm -hmm. Um, So and and especially for this person, there was no like real trauma or event that happened. It was just two years of off and on pain. It was it was sudden then. Yeah, it sounds more like it was kind of gradual okay. and kind of gradually getting worse, mm-hmm. okay. you know, um, but not 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 really clearly outlined here in this case. So this guy was trying ice and heat and naproxen twice a day, really minimal relief. But when these doctors examined her, they found two just a little bit tender, freely movable nodules. Sounds like back mice, right? Mm-hmm. One nodule over each side of the lumbar muscles, the, the muscles right down there, kind of at the bottom of the spine again. Mm-hmm. Now, deep palpation or deep pressure on these lesions reproduce the patient's sense, sensations of sharp pain in the low back, but also numbness down into the back of the thigh. Interesting. So mm-hmm. that's how the, these guys kind of knew these are their mm-hmm. pain generators, these spots. Mm-hmm. There's something going on here, mm-hmm. and it is creating this patient's pain. They did some more tests on her back, just orthopedic tests, you know, moving around her legs, uh, having her do some motions, and none of those were positive. Hmm. So, and and those tests for real spinal issues, you know, problems with the facet joints, problems with the disc, things like Mm -hmm. that. And all that really didn't show up any positive signs at all, meaning that all the structures they were testing in the low back were fine. But pushing on these little nodules... Created pain. Yep, exactly, exactly. And the exact same kind of pain she was kind of complaining about. So... Um, they set her up for several things, one of which was a diagnostic ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Now, diagnostic ultrasound can't see through bone. You know that. Right. But it can see soft tissues. Mm-hmm. So can an MRI. MRI can see the soft tissues. But in this case, they're able to find these nodules, put the ultrasound probe right on them, say, is that where it hurts, and then be able to know they're in the right spot. Whereas with an MRI, there's still some guesswork involved there. Right. So right. Interesting. Yeah. So when they got the ultrasound, um, and this is not therapeutic ultrasound, this is diagnostic ultrasound that you can get a picture with, right? right? And when they got the ultrasound on there, they found these kind of fatty nodules right there in those painful areas. And so they decided to go ahead and do some injections. So they injected with a little bit of lidocaine and marcaine, which are just temporary numbing mm-hmm. agents, mm-hmm. but also a little bit of steroid. Okay. And then they needled the heck out of those things. <laughs> they just they just went to town. They just stabbed him a whole bunch, essentially. Just to kind of break it up. Exactly. To kind okay. of break it up and kind of work some of that medication into these nodules. So they did this on mm-hmm. both sides. Mm-hmm. And then they brought her back um, at uh, after one month. And she had no more pain. No more numbness down into the thighs. No pain with the walking and the twisting. Um, and she wasn't having to take any more oral medication. Sleeping was better. Uh, overall, she just was doing really great. And they were like, hey, let's schedule you a follow-up to make sure this stays. And she goes, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and she was done. Well, um, I can understand. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that's how good she was feeling. After mm-hmm. two years of off and on back pain, You know, somebody had actually taken the time, done the right exam, done the right testing mm-hmm. to get to the root of this problem. And for her, at least at this point, it was totally resolved. So they just had to break up those fatty nodules then and kind of mm-hmm. dissolve them. What cause, causes those nodules? That is a great question. That is something we still don't know. Okay. We do know that you can get fatty deposits over areas that stay inflamed for a long period of time. Kind of 
like calcium buildup in a way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's almost like a degenerative thing. So that's one idea. It's just a mm-hmm. theory. Yeah. But but it's mm-hmm. possible that if you have enough irritation in the low back for long enough, and that can be from things like wearing the wrong shoes mm-hmm. or knee problems, mm-hmm. you know, you have this ongoing irritation, the body tries to insulate this area or kind of right. isolate it by building up. Protecting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the problem is if you build up a lot of fat, a lot of times that becomes part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it is quite interesting. So um, now that's our that's kind of our second takeaway too. Is so our first takeaway is that you need a healthcare detective. You need mm-hmm. somebody who's going to be willing to get in there, do the right exam, do the right testing, and really dig into what the problem could be. Right. Secondly, our second takeaway is that ultrasound in this case is the perfect test okay because we can get right on what is generating the pain we can see every bit of it Mm -hmm. we can smash on it extra we can actually have the patient even move around underneath the ultrasound to Mm -hmm. see how those tissues change so we can put this person into that twisting motion that hurts and we can see what changes with these lipomas whereas with an mri well we might see quite a bit but we might be guessing to some degree too um, and in this case, ultrasound is really the best. Well, ultrasound you can do at the time of the treatment, whereas an MRI, you're, you can't treat at the same time, according to my understanding. No, you're exactly so. right. You're exactly right. You know, these, these, are, these are nodules you can feel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, being able to see it right there and with the ultrasound. Do something right then. Do something right then. Mm-hmm. And then even look at it again to confirm mm-hmm. that you've gotten the right area, that you've kind of broken these, these nodules up. And then after that, they should decrease in terms mm-hmm. of size and how many how much pain they're creating so okay. um so that's the second one is that if this is potentially an issue ultrasound is the perfect tool and and it's cheap mm-hmm. how much does mri cost hundreds or thousands yeah I mean, depending on where you're at in the country where you are. yeah mm-hmm. uh, i know here it's usually at least two grand yeah you know and and maybe insurance helps with it but maybe maybe, maybe not. not yeah, yeah. exactly um, but it's almost overkill mm-hmm. because we're not really concerned, you know, at this point about the disc and the deeper structures, mm-hmm. which we can't see with ultrasound. Right. But in this case, it's a superficial. It's something you can feel. We can look at it on mm-hmm. the ultrasound, and ultrasounds are typically less than a two hundred bucks. Well, and you want to start with the less invasive pr- process first. Yeah. You know, if that didn't show results or mm-hmm. get results then maybe you, you have to continue the detective work and go on to something different yeah yeah that's so. exactly right then you might have to do more later but start start down here mm-hmm. start with the thing mm-hmm. that costs a couple hundred bucks right rather than the thing that costs a couple thousand dollars and maybe isn't the perfect fit here mm-hmm. um however if you do have an mri because maybe you've already been, gone through the investigative process a lot of times you can see these on MRI, so mm-hmm. you can look at that, but then even then you still might need to confirm it with the ultrasound. Right. Or the ultrasound may be needed for the treatment. So treatment-wise, in this case, they did really well with some steroid and some lidocaine and really just jabbing the heck out mm-hmm. of it, right? Dry needling it after the procedure. It begs the question, though, how does light therapy yes, come it into does. this? So in, in most cases, we don't like to, to get stabbed. Or poke right. with needles, right? Right. Um, so there are some non-invasive options here that do work. Let's talk about the ones that don't work first. Okay. Chiropractic, mm-hmm. it's not going to help. No. It's not a joint issue. No. Uh, and in this case, you you probably are not going to really get any relief, or at least not lasting relief from chiropractic. And also, traditional physical therapy, where we're talking about exercises and stretches, it's not going to do anything to these nodules. Well, with the pressure and the, I mean, that causes the pain. Doing 
those other treatments is just going to exacerbate it. It actually could. It could make it even worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not going to make it worse forever, but in the moment, it, the it moment. may make it worse. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, surgeries are not going to really work here either uh, because most of the back surgeries we're talking about go into the spine itself and the spine's not the problem here. It's mm -mm. these lipomas. Mm -hmm. So this study, they say that repeated needling and injection therapy appears to be the best initial approach, but you can have them surgically removed. But before we even get into the needle approach, Mm -hmm. Laser therapy is a great option because it reduces the inflammation, right. reduces the swelling, and we've seen lipomas like these mm -hmm. go down as much as 50% just with laser. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, that is more than enough to get good resolution of pain. So even without having to get stabbed by some needles, <laughs> a lot of times people can be better just with some laser therapy. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like you said, starting with the least invasive, least expensive option is a lot of times the way to go. If that doesn't get you some pretty quick results, maybe then it's time to go on and, and right. look at some injection therapies. Or, you know what's even better? Put them both together. Yeah. Get the injection done. Exactly. Get the laser done to really settle down the inflammation. Promote that, you know, kind of healing, healing. process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that should lead to even better processes. You don't want to mix cortisone and laser necessarily, but you don't really need the cortisone in a lot of cases. Uh, in a lot of cases, you can just go with a dry needling approach mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or a little bit of a lidocaine to kind of get in there and, and flood that area. Cortisone actually breaks tissue down. Yeah, it does. And so we want to try to stay away from that in most cases in yeah most you know cases. in this case we're keeping it in the fatty tissue so it's less harmful and then you're breaking that up and dissolving and, it yeah <laughs> yeah um and it's to fight some of the inflammation mm -hmm. afterwards so there's one of the few cases where i might say yeah cortisone's not that bad but in a lot of cases it's just not really necessary you can do it with dry needling plus laser or dry needling plus some lidocaine injection into that to that guy too, um, which is again why we like the approach of having laser therapy, but having a combined arms approach mm -hmm. uh, is, is really good too because linking you can, arms with other providers and working through this together, and that's one thing I appreciate about this clinic is mm -hmm. you don't just say, "Oh, I'm only the the only one that can do it." You are not unwilling to refer out, consult, right. and get the best care for your patients yeah exactly you don't have to have this all under one roof either mm -hmm. you know it's it's great if you do but in a lot of cases um, a spine specialist can work with the needling part mm -hmm. or even the ultrasound part and a laser therapy specialist can work on the full recovery portion right. during and afterward so right. yeah it's a complete care package <laughs> yep exactly so that's back yeah. mice Interesting. Yeah. Very underdiagnosed, very underrecognized. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly something to check and see. Reach back there to where it hurts. Do you have some little nodules mm -hmm. that uh, are kind of movable underneath your fingers? Are they tender when you really push on them? Do they replicate your exact complaint? If so, maybe it's time to get checked out. Yep. Thanks for joining us, Christy. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure always. And this information is always so good. Thank you for doing the research. Thank you. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.